Coach MJ, we're back on the real Mission I'm Possible. Today we have an award-winning entrepreneur who is ranked one of the top businesses by Inc. Magazine. He also is an author, speaker, father, and more importantly, a great citizen and a businessman. Uh, please welcome Paul Gunn Jr. Hello, Paul. Hey, thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me, Coach. Well, we're really happy to have you today. And of course, you know, all those topics that we just introduced uh, is kind of a well-known thing. But for those people in our audience who are not aware, apart from being a busy entrepreneur, um, a, an invested dad, uh, a great business person, and doing all the things that you're doing, you still like to have a bit of fun, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I find my tranquility in, in nature and just solitude. And that's my fun. Just peace to the reminisce on some things and enjoyment and uh, the simple things bring bring a lot of joy there. You're right. You stuff doesn't last for forever. So taking the time to appreciate those things. Seems the older I get, that's that goes a lot more into having fun with it. Well, we're still young, Paul, and I remember <laughs> when we were just a little bit younger, we were all excited about our shiny red bicycles. You know, that seemed to be like the everything. And now yeah. to find some tranquility and some peace and quiet and be yeah. able to center and be out in nature, I get it. That's, yeah. that's, it's a blessing. Yes. How did, tell us, uh, how did you get started uh, in this in this business? Your, your business, I think, is ranked by Inc. Magazine somewhere around uh, 217 out of 5,000 businesses. That's an incredible metric. Yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah, it, it, it meant a lot to us. It meant a lot to us. Um, initially, my brother went to war when the towers went down. I went in. I was trying to go in as an officer, but was denied being so for plantar fasciitis. I didn't even know that was a thing. But basically, when he went over there, I hadn't seen him for four years. So my dad was an auditor in the government. And he just made the suggestion, hey, would you and your brother want to go on a business together? So we jumped at it. You know, we started that previous business off my mom's vanity set. I said, hey, look, we can we can build something here. So we did, long story short, we started it together and, and got that business on eight. And then once I get married and, you know, we had a newborn, I kind of went to my brother and said, hey, let's, let's just see what else we can do or do you want to go separate ways and try other things so he went into a different line of work and then i just started this one to continue the enjoyment of it so it was a genesis from continuing on our previous company and some of the relationships had there uh to still support what i felt was me helping others in a place i couldn't go and, you know, people like yourself have learned that their authority or their yeah. position or their role is nothing yeah. compared to their need and want and wish to serve others. And I know that yeah. you're well known for that and all my respect to you for <laughs> that. Uh, it's not always easy. It's lonely at the yeah. top, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And that, that you know. On top of being that, it probably doesn't help. I would say I'm probably aligned into introversion. So when you come in and you hear kind of people talk one way about business and how you relate to it may be completely different from the actual things you've gone to, 
you kind of wonder sometimes, well, can I really share what there may be some errors into what that's saying? Because taking that advice and applying it to my situation would be fatal, futile, or just it, it wouldn't apply. So sometimes you engage with people, but it can get lonely there until you find those communities for those people who aren't trying to sabotage, who are really well vested, they're happy for it because they see the things that go beyond the tangible success. They may see that and recognize, but what they're most vested and interested in is you as a person, is you as what you're trying to do beyond that. And, and I find those are rarer than they are more common. Oh, there's, there's definitely no surprise there yeah, uh, yeah. because it seems like we're in a world, particularly today, where everybody's out for themselves. Yeah. And to be able to think in a different paradigm, to be able to say, well, how can I serve others? Let's start there. Yes. Yeah. And that's what put it, it puts you in a place when you have to go up against stuff. You've, you've been, I've seen you talk about it all this time. You're going to reach those points where the ups and downs are going to hit. And I found that at each one of those moments, the need to support somebody else tempered my ability or desire to say, I'm just throwing in the towel because focusing on someone else got me through the moments when I was questioning, was it worth it? What am I doing? And then eventually, you know, hearing the words of someone tell you, hey, this helped me, this did something for me. It's like it fuels some passion back into you. You start to realize your needs and wants to quitting would have just tempered or hindered someone else from getting what they need. And that feeling is, is one that I just don't forget. And it, it makes it all worth it in the end. Yeah. And there's that image of the big boulder <laughs> and the hero is pushing up the hill. And then yeah. you've got other people on the other side of the rock pushing down, trying to keep it from going up. Uh, it's all sometimes, very, very surreal to to lead yourself, to lead an organization. You do feel like sometimes throwing in the towel. And when you do get that feedback that you just talked about, which is, hey, you know, your words made my day or you gave me that encouragement or your example inspired me. Well, that just is the impetus and the fuel to just keep going, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because sometimes for you to do that, you got to go in areas that are completely Crazy. I've, I think I've heard David Goggins talk about this. Say, hey, look, if people aren't kind of telling you you've lost your mind or you're crazy, then I don't know how far you're pushing the envelope because I've heard it a few times. Paul, you've lost your mind. What do you, you know? But you have to be able to combat competitors in so many senses. You know, if you're going to say it that way, you've got to try new things, you've got to test the waters. And sometimes it goes against everything that's either in that industry or just what you've known to see and step out into an area and try something new and execute on it. So if you haven't had advisors or those around to have someone to just knock ideas off, it can feel lonely. Yeah. You mentioned David Goggins and now I'm drawing a parallel with yourself because you both work in beast mode <laughs> and, and, and there's, there's might maybe people who are more talented than David or yourself, yeah. but Try to outwork you is going to be the hard work because you can out, you can't, nobody's going to be able to outwork you. Your work ethic is well known. 
Oh, yeah, that's one thing. I didn't even know about David Goggins. I think I learned to him over the pandemic. So the first book in the pandemic I remember reading was Extreme Ownership. And I really liked it to say, hey, look, I took that from me where, you know, sometimes I talk about empathy, but what I took out of that book, here comes Navy SEALs going into corporations, basically having the difficult, kind conversations and showing the cognitive empathy and the kindness in there. So it was after I read that book, that I found more about David Goggins. And I said, hey, yeah, people kind of say he's got some language, but if you look really at the story, I could relate to that story of what he was talking about. You know, you're going to try and get past this and you're trying to get to somebody who may need to hear certain words to get them up. To me, that's wisdom. That's wisdom of the heart. Not everybody's going to respond in the kumbaya moments. You have to know yourself. You have to know who you're talking with to help them reach the best of it. And that's essentially what I hear with him, trying to elevate people where he was and trying to get past that. I do feel like if you don't have anybody around, at some point you're going to have to have that kind of mindset. That's it. Hey, if no one else is going to do it, I'm getting myself out of here. So elevate. And like you talk about, you you are possible. When that will hits and that determination goes, you're going to hit things that you otherwise felt you weren't capable of doing. I agree with that. And, of course, we just kind of hit on our brand, uh, Mission I'm Possible. Yeah. It's one thing to, to help people be inspired and, and help them get motivated. But people are not going to do anything. They're not going to grow ever unless they have what Simon Sinek and Tony Robbins call the big enough why. Yeah. And then they have the, the, the discipline to have the commitment to keep going because without consistency, you're going to get nowhere. That's, that's wonderful. And what really hit me when we first did it, it came from the previous company. And that's where I rooted deep into this. One, because there were some things my brother shared kind of off off the cusp of what really goes on. And then there was there was a day I was setting Comcast up and where we were living at the time. And the guy on the other end was a Marine. And he was just asking, well, hey, what are you doing? I kind of explained what it was. He was actually on the other end of the items we were sourcing. And he went on for five minutes telling me how thankful he was because what we supplied paid a big part in saving his life and that to me i mean five minutes he just said he's like i'm home i'm home because i was in this unit and it saved my life and thank you thank you and from that point on i knew what we were doing played an important role but it just took it to a whole nother level saying look it looks like she a paper it looks insignificant or what i would question or doubt internally at that time as i learned to grow out and, and realize it's more than just that I, I'll never forget that phone call and understanding. That's how I felt when my brother was over there. I, I just want my brother home. I know he's a warrior. That's what he signed up for. You know, it, it may not get them home, but sure puts them in a better position. So to hear that Marine tell me over the phone, I, it, it, it's, I just will never forget it. And for the for the for the audience who might be listening to this as a podcast or even seeing this uh, on our YouTube channel, the type of logistics items that you're you're dealing with are are they supporting the military yes yes and 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 when he was telling that it touched me it it just really did yeah because here here's the thing on one hand a a line item on a on in a p l statement might say 
we shipped so many yeah. items, we imported so many items, we made so much money. But yeah. to be able to be to be able to have a resonance, a deeper resonance yeah. with end users who can then come back and go, wow, you produced something that was so valuable. I was able to hug my daughter last night because of what you guys do. Stay awake, keep going. Yeah, that did it. And then like it, it gives you it gives you the confidence to speak to people in all the situations you want to have done. Normally I'm I would say I'm introverted and, and quiet unassuming. But sometimes you run into some vendors and some people who just they're just not nice. They, there's not one bone in them that really wants to even become helpful. And I've run into a few that have told me, look. I'm God to you. I'm God to everyone else. And I'm not doing this. Oh, yeah, yeah. So when you run into that to tell them, look, okay, look, you don't, I, you don't have to like me, but please hear my story. Somebody else other than me. If you hate me, good, hate me. But somebody needs what you have. Can you help? They'll turn it down. In that particular situation, the guy turned it down and said, okay, I'm going to help them, but I don't want to help you. I'm still God to you. So you can ask for my mercy. I was like, okay, thank you. I appreciate your help. And he still got out what we needed, but but some people can really let you know. So if I was an emotional firestorm, I could see him. He was really looking to to get under my skin, but that's where that plays a role in, in being able to interact with people thinking beyond it. How much we have matured with age. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But isn't it funny, you know, we, we look at it. Listen, we've all had our moments. I know, Paul, yeah. somebody, you know, cut you off in the traffic <laughs> and, and you kind of got upset and it got under your skin and, you know, you had other. I know this has happened. So, you know, we're both, you know, gentlemen and yes. we're on this show and we want to set a great example of leadership. But we do get yes. bothered from time to time. But yes. in business to remember never to take it personally to go in there, do our job, tell our story. If it resonates with them, fine. If not, maybe pick another time and go at them again in a different way. Yes, it does. I've had I've had to do that with competitors and, and the way some things works where people are trying to get in. I'm not going to say steal the business, but make it more difficult for you. So the unassuming and I've been in positions where people have said, look, you're just not a threat. You're nothing to be concerned about. And what's alarming, there's a comfort level to say that to my face, which it still surprises me. So in that, they've showed their hand and I've made sure to either find their research or find a competitor to them and that bridge that ally to still get the work done. So eventually they... They don't necessarily get their hand in the pot to help. Someone else has who works well and does that. But it, relationships matter. And if if you have those moments, they can sometimes hurt you a great deal in the long run. It, it seems that the more you're in any line of work, the smaller that industry gets. People know people. I've made my mistakes before. I've, I haven't delivered on things. I've messed up. You, you got to go back and tell people, hey, I messed up. You know, what can you do? This this wasn't my intention. I thought I did the right thing. I, I made a mistake. Is this something you're willing to hear or, or men? Sometimes they they don't want to deal with it, and that's, that's understandable. But I'd rather own up to it, even if I didn't have the full weight of the error. Yep, that's the only way to do it, because at the end of the day, 
Otherwise, you're backpedaling. Better, <laughs> better, better, to, better to face the dragon right on yeah. with both eyes open. Yeah. And, you know, what's some of the vocabulary you were using just a moment ago when you were explaining this, Paul, reminded me, and just made me think, wait a minute, does Paul ever play poker? Because that sounded like some that sounded like some card playing strategy that he was using there. This guy oh. all his cards on the table and he was doing this bluff. And you know that was a bluff he was pulling on you. Well, oh yeah, you you sense it easy. I, I've I played before and I, I had to stop because usually they say you can't tell what's in your head because you're smiling all the time. We don't know if you have a good one, we don't know if you have a bad one. So they go into second guess what that is. And interesting enough, I don't know, maybe experts more at playing. I went in to try and do the research, and this was interesting what I found. Poker players are people who play cards who use more center, use both the left and right brain down the middle are your better players, i.e. I don't know if the research has changed. Women are better poker players because they're able to not use just the analytical. They use both emotional and analytical. I said, if this applies in poker, look at this research. This is This could be not a poker player research this is business right here saying do not always go analytical why are they the better poker players because they're used people who use more of their left and right brain together are better suited to move and handle how things are dealt that stuck with me as well when i read that paper yeah it would also trigger somebody to think wait a minute maybe i need to start recruiting more women in my business development yeah. division yeah yeah it's and it's been helpful to me. Any the reason we've had real success, I'll refer it open up the transparency. We've made allies with women-owned businesses, women-owned firms, because they've been able to understand when I say, Hey, I need your help. I haven't been able to get the things I needed in a normal situation. Are you able to show your expertise? I don't know. And I just go and be frank with them. I don't know about this connector. You have 20 years deep in this. Are you able to help because our customer needs this? Okay, I didn't care, man, woman, or not. But it, it, to me, to see the receipt saying, yes, I will help you. Yes, let's work together to do that. There was no ill will. That has become, I feel, played an instrumental part in our success. Being able to leverage those uh, people who, who think both left and right brain, it happened to be our success was because we worked with other women-owned companies. Yeah, and as competitive as uh, logistics are and, and the yeah. niche that you're in, uh, it, it probably is very rare to find those small group of people that you can create relationships with. But once you have them on your tribe, those are people that you stick with. Those are companies that you stick with. Those are partnerships that you that you cherish. One hundred percent. So the one of the biggest one, it was a woman owned company changed our trajectory for life. I will never forget it. And every a lot of the woman owned companies came from kind of that connection. They went in and when we had it, we didn't have the financing. We didn't have the cash to be able to fund the order. It was in our previous company. They were most concerned about our character. Are you going to honor your word? If things happen, let us know. We're going to take a chance on you. And that has forever stayed. They're still a great customer today. Some of their reps we work with and go back and forth that have helped us find difficult parts. And that has always stood uh, and left that mark on me. Here's someone who could have said no. And the first thing they said, we're most concerned with your character. 
we can do business with whoever we want to do it. If we're not, if we don't believe in it, we're just not going to do it. And to have that trust extended where you're fighting everybody else on there, who's this? Your company's too young. You're too young. You don't have this. Here they go asking right out the gate. We want to know who you are. And from there, we'll decide. So it seems that not only in romance, uh, in the budding relationship, but also in business, trust is everything. Yeah, it is 100%. And, and to have it shared and received that way, that's why I, I personally talk a lot about kindness and empathy because of how it left its mark on me and to see companies be successful from it. It, you gotta, it, you gotta be trustworthy in this business. The supply chain kind of depends on. It. If I say it, I'm ultimately gonna have to stand on the word that someone told me the same way they told them. So sometimes I, I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna catch heat from some of the chains where it can get broken, but not just because it was them. Somebody way down the line may have broken that chain. But it, it, it's going to happen. I got to keep the trust with the people we talk with. So do the people who talk with us. It's how fast you can build it up and how solid that line is with trust. And that's, that's one of the keys to successful relationships. It's the hardest thing to earn and the fastest thing to lose. Yes. So they don't forget yeah. that. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to come back from that one. You know, there's no sequel. Well, how about give me a chance, another chance? Uh, most of the time, no, thank you. We'll see you later and uh, move on to your competitor. Yeah, and it seems it's a tight rope. It's almost like if you're playing a sports where you be up 50 points, that one thing goes, you're down 200 with one shot, one thing. You're almost operating on zero mistake. No matter how many times you communicate and seek, you don't want to make that one mistake that says, hey, I know they trust me, but if I make this mistake, I, I feel like it can go way out. And no, that's always in the back of my head. How, what's going to happen on that time? Should I have to come forward and say, here's something that really messed up? How does this affect us? And just out of curiosity for those people listening, Paul, who are uh, checking you out for the very first time, and I'll encourage them. We'll be dropping all of your contacts into the show notes and onto the YouTube channel. You'll see your books as well. And I just wanted to ask you, what advice would you have for a young entrepreneur or an, an entrepreneur who is just starting out, irrespective of their age? What, what advice, if at all, do you have for them? So something that's come out, the youth now, especially if we're talking to youth, the tech how tech savvy they are. They're growing up with AI. They're growing up with all these tools. The one thing I've picked up on the youth is their ability to leverage that and utilize that. And I've run into youth who have, I guess, for lack of a better word, the old soul mentality to first, right out the gate, come on on building relationships. They're using the soft skills to bridge that because they already have the strong tech skills to, to utilize and move forward. And Especially me, let's say someone who's not tech savvy to be able to approach, Paul, we can help you do this. What are your issues? How can we help? That short bridges the gap to say, 
hey, I know nothing about AI and tech. I need to learn it. Can we build trust? Yes, I'll go ahead and extend it. And we've had one guy, an intern, who approached us that way. That young man is going to go far because of how well-versed he was with tech, but what was more impressive with him was how he was able to use the soft skills to reach out to me to engage. And even within the interning, was able to show those intangible qualities. So I would say if I had one piece of advice, utilize authentically your ability to connect and show the kindness, not weakness and being nice and agreeable. You can state tough things kind, state your position, disagree well, and show why your abilities are worthy to be there. But networking in a kind, compassionate way will position you well. Yeah, you know, I'm listening to you saying this, and I'm I'm getting this kind of fun feeling that you're a pretty big guy. Uh, <laughs> for you to be kind uh, to me in the first moment, if we were meeting physically, I'd be going, well, that's a relief because I wouldn't want to see the other side of that tiger. So, yes, you're right. Kindness, humility, uh, all empathy. These are qualities that are golden today in leadership, in business, in relationships and to be able to to support by saying how can entrepreneurs who are starting out uh exceed excel well maybe you're right maybe those soft skills those essential skills those human skills are paramount more so than some of the others yeah i would i i would agree in reading a lot reading has helped me especially traveling into the places that those extremely successful entrepreneurs have, all the places they travel, the insights. Sometimes they do and don't share all the stories, but if you read enough of the different people, you start to see the plugs between self-help books, history books, all the things that they're saying. Eventually, you're going to see what to take from some of their stories. So I love seeing when people write books, whether they're big name or they're what someone will call just a new author. Whatever their stories are, you, you can learn so much from reading. Right. So there's a there's another golden nugget that you shared today for entrepreneurs. They can, there's a lot of research out there. There's a lot of material. There's on YouTube. There's on Audible. Yeah. All kinds of things. If you don't like to read, you can listen to an audio book. Yeah. There's, there's, there's learning cap capacities that have never been on the planet before. So great. Yeah, right. that's for example, like you, you have podcasts, you have books. It's like, hey, you can hear, you can, and that's what I like. There's the media. Hey, how am I going to watch? What do I want to hear? You know what? I want to go check out Coach's book. So you may have one perception of you by the time they finish that book to say, now I further understand where Coach is coming from, what he's trying to do, where he was, what's happened. And I like how some of the books lately I've read to, when authors just put their personal story, some of the stuff they just don't share publicly in that book, you really get to understand. Now I understand why they're doing this. Now it just makes so much sense. I really got buy-in to what's being put out there. Yeah. And, you know, you, you just hit, you hit a nerve there because <laughs> for people talking to, to me about things like that, so I'm saying, well, you know, that's I don't want to I don't know if I want to feel that vulnerable, you know, <laughs> but, but then you do it. and People go, hey, you know, so you do connect uh, with real authentic stories. And that's yeah. why you connect so well with so many uh, because yeah. of your authenticity. Well, I would say the same there, Coach. So we're talking today with Paul Gunn, Jr. He's he is the man. He's got a great uh, backstory. 
We're going to be dropping his links and how to get in touch with him. And before we sign off, Paul, I just want to ask you one final question. In the next five years, what do you look to achieve in your in your company? So that's a great question, Coach. Really, the older I get, the more I realize, especially as things just happen in this world. I really want to make sure our company continues to grow and be and becomes a vessel to outpour in smaller outlets to where we know those resources are going to charities that are actually putting them and using them, empowering the different communities local. Because that's where I learned some of the pain through the pandemic, kind of learning that industry, learning which foundations, how they support and do that. So I definitely want us to become more successful so those resources can pour out into ones that I've had the chance to learn, understand, and see the way they operate. So it's still a learning curve for me, understanding, but I'm better off two years to date than I was two years ago. And five years from now, I feel like that's going to hit that mark to say, hey, I've got a real understanding of what's going on. How do we take this? and spread more wealth to elevate others. Kind of like what you say with, with what you've done to help behind the scenes, help other people. That's just, that's a way to connect and, and speak on things that really matter. Well, uh, folks, you've heard it first. Paul Gunn Jr. has been on the show and I'm very, very grateful on behalf of all the team here and for all of our audience who are going to get a chance to hear and see you. Thank you so much for being you and thanks for coming on the show. Uh, anytime, Coach. Thank you for having me.